0: The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SEDEC Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable CDEC no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.sEDEC.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 80 of the Golden Light Podcast. I'm Dan Lomano, a one-time Wake Award winner, recording here in Windermere, Florida from my boathouse studio, no longer an island, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Boulder Boats, now three locations on the Southwest U.S., Nevada, Arizona, and California Malibu and Access boats are available at all shops now, plus they have a deep stock of previously loved pleasure or performance inboard boats, so something for all price ranges and levels. Like Boulder Boats on Facebook and check out boulderboats.com for locations, inventory, and events. All right, so today, episode 80, kind of a milestone, but I'm not going to make a huge deal about it. But, I mean, if you actually think about it, you know, I've produced a lot of content over the last, you know, three or four years now. A lot of interviews, a lot of people, a lot of stuff for you guys to go back through and scroll through and listen to. The archives, they're all available on iTunes, of course, the podcast app, and, of course, uh, on SoundCloud. Although, I don't have everything posted right now. I will have it up ASAP It's been crazy for me. I've been traveling so much. Finally, things have mellowed out a little bit. I'm looking forward to being home. I just got back from the Philippines. We had Wake Park Worlds. I think I was out there, I think a total of six nights or something in Asia and I'm still messed up. I've been home a week now, and I'm still kind of messed up in in my sleeping patterns and whatnot. Hey, but it is what it is. Asia was awesome. It was my second time back. I was in Japan, and then, of course, the Philippines in the month of September. Some great stuff went down at Wake Park Worlds. The boys' division, holy smokes. 12-year-olds, the French kid, Louis de the American kid, Brett Powell. What a battle uh, it was. I mean... These kids are doing towback 1080s already, and they're not even 13 years old. Julia Rick, she won her fifth Wake Park title in traditional in a row. She didn't win features, though. Anna Nick's dad, she took features in the pro women's division. Gunther Oka, he won both features and traditional, which he also won in 2016. Absolutely insane congratulations to Gunther. Probably standout from Wake Park Worlds was the Wakescape final. Uh, it was insane. You had a kid from Italy who is just making his name right now, Maurizio. Victor Salomon, a, a young kid who rides out at Ty Wake Park from Belgium, though. And then Nick Taylor and Andrew Pastora. Andrew winning his second consecutive wake park world title in the philippines it was insane i mean if you can go back and watch it we live webcasted the entire event if you guys can go back and check any of it out it's it's pretty insane the week before that i was in orlando we had the gravel tour performance ski and surf finals Uh, i think i talked about on the last episode of the podcast i'm not sure but big ups to to bill and, and the entire crew another great great season over there uh, with Performance Ski and Surf. So talk about today's episode. Today was recorded at the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame ceremony, which I hosted for the third year in a row. Uh, it was at Surf Expo. This episode is going to start off with with Mike Weddington, who's the new president of the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. And then we had six inductees, of which I only got four interviews. Hurricane Irma caused a few of the inductees to miss out. So this year, inducted into the Hall of Fame, Scott Byerly, Eric Schmaltz, Sonia Scheffler-Weineker, Terry hamilton Wynn, Bill McCaffrey, and Pat Miccolini. So pretty cool little uh, graduating class, perhaps you'd say. Whatever class of inductees into this year's Hall of Fame. Uh, I chatted with Pat, Bill McCaffrey, Sonia Scheffler, Scott Byerly, and Mike Weddington. Unfortunately, Schmaltz and Tara. Couldn't make it to the awards this year, but uh, a lot of people didn't make it to Surf Expo, and a lot of people had to leave Orlando early. Dang, Hurricane Irma! So stoked though, everything's back to normal-ish here in Orlando. I think everybody's restored power. There's still a lot of limbs and and debris around but they're picking it up they're getting it taken care of and my house isn't an island anymore I don't have to walk through I don't have to dredge through water to get to my house anymore so that's pretty cool all right hey guys I do want to remind you all that I do have golden Mike podcast dad hats and stickers if you haven't seen them shoot me a message email me or message me through Facebook let me know uh the hats are 20 bucks plus five dollars shipping If you buy more than two, I'll give you free shipping. So hit me up, and I would love to hook you up. Before I do move on any further, I do want to remind you guys that the Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly on the first and third Wednesday of every month. Above and beyond that, every now and then, we add a few extra bonus episodes. You can find us and listen to the podcast on demand anytime, wherever it is that you do listen to your podcasts. NoiseofTheNorth.com available on SoundCloud, also on iTunes through the podcast app, and on the Android you guys can go to your app store and download just about any podcast app and just like on the Apple devices, you go to the application, you just search the Golden Mike podcast, you find us, you subscribe, you write a review if you can. Email me if you guys have any issues at all. All right, guys, to keep this podcast no charge to you, the listeners, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, Deck, Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belt, CWB Board Company, Leadwake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot. Be sure to follow me on social media, on Instagram at DanoTMano, on Twitter at TheDanoTMano, and at the golden underscore mic. And be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can also reach me through email, goldenmic at noiseofthenorth.com. Alright, so there is no audio montage today, so we're gonna get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 2017
2: Wakeboarding Hall
0: of Fame. Lead wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wakeboarders in mind. Lead wake bags are designed perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Custom designed lead wake bags are easy to shift around in your boat and will help clean up any wake Without having to fill excess water bags or move your friends around. You can buy Lead Wake in multiple sizes, but I recommend the 50 pounders, and so do some of the biggest names in Wake, including Danny Harp and Sean Murray, just to name a couple. Lead Wake ships free anywhere inside the USA. You can find out more and order online at That's LeadWake.com. That's L E A D W A K E.com. Lead Wake.
1: Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. Good
0: morning, everybody, and welcome to the Alliance Wake Booth and welcome to the 2017 induction ceremony for the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. I'm Dan Lomano, I'm the Noise of the North. I'm gonna be hosting the show this afternoon. It's an honor for me to be back my third year in a row here on stage getting ready to recognize the pioneers, the legends of the sport of wake. Now before we get on to today's actual uh, induction ceremony, uh, I wanted to take a moment and honor and recognize an industry pioneer in his own right. One week ago, Chuck Morrow, founder, owner, and CEO of Ambush Board Company and BuyWake.com suddenly passed away. He was a visionary who not only achieved success in his own personal arena, but brought success and positivity to those who surrounded him. Chuck's selfless attitude was evident in the success achieved by so many of his employees, colleagues, and the people he mentored along the way. Right now, let's take a moment of silence to remember the man, Chuck Morrow. I recently had the opportunity to hang out with Chuck at the WWA Wakeboard National Championships. We had some great conversation. We enjoyed an awesome final round of action, one of the best finals I ever saw. And I know that Chuck would definitely want us to celebrate his life, celebrate the sport, and celebrate the weekend. So we're gonna get this thing rocking and rolling, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for some Wakeboarding Hall of Fame inductions. But first things first, I'd like to bring up a very special guest right now to the main stage. He is the new president of the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame and the 1995 WWA Wakeboard (laughs) World Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mike Weddington. All right, guys, I am sitting here inside the Alliance booth with the new president of the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, 1995 Wakeboarding's world champion, Mr. Mike Weddington. What's up, man?
3: What up, Dano? Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Um, what, what are you up to these days? So right now, man, I've, I've had the good fortune of being elected to the being the president of the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. And we are really just our mission is to honor and preserve all of this great historical content that we've had, you know, throughout the years to, to the guys you've mentioned, Kobe, Bish, Byerly. Eric Schmaltz, Thomas, all you know, all these massive contributors to the the you know the whole sport and what we've been doing and what we were trying to do. And you know, I took on this position. It's you know, it's a nonprofit organization, so we work entirely off donations from the kindness of our fans and our friends and and industry to to really flesh out what was going on man we've got a lot of good memories and a lot of historical things that have influenced the way the sport looks today in 2017 and so many of the riders that we want to really chronicle this and show what historical contributions and where this stuff came from and just have a good time doing it.
0: Okay, so what are your thoughts on where the sport's at today compared to where it was when you were involved?
3: Oh, Dano, it is so unbelievable now. I mean, I I kind of got out of the scene, so to speak, for a number of years, right, and have been raising my family and working in a different industry, and coming back to it is absolutely mind-blowing. To see the wakes these boats are putting out, to see these new athletes, you know, the Harley Cliffords and the guys that are doing these insane double flips and 1080s and just it's unbelievable to see where we went from riding behind you know an unweighted boat with a low pole to now you know having a a four foot wake that these guys are going so enormously big off it's just it's unbelievable i'm stoked to have been a small piece of that and a part of a time where it was a really big growth phase for the sport
0: but I, I recall and maybe I'm a little off here but I recall you having something to do with a lot of the the technology that was helping to push the sport in the late 90s I remember you having something to do with like the wedge with with Malibu boats and everything right yeah for sure so back in the day I, I wrote for Malibu boats
3: who always took amazing care of me and were big supporters on innovating and so we worked on the development of the wedge that now turned into the power wedge and and doing all that but um We were always working on ways to to make the wake bigger, to to work on the refinement of the towers, you know, from a high pole to a tower, to all these refinements that that we're seeing now, right? All these boat companies are stepping up. You look at uh, the technology that goes into these things and the time and the effort and the thought and the innovation that, that hopefully, you know, us as riders have influenced and pushed the industry into innovating and making it more accessible for everybody and every rider. And more fun to to do. It's just been a really cool progression.
0: So what are like maybe one or two of those like early memories that stand out to you from our sport that maybe are like super special to you?
3: I mean, I think, you know, some of the most special times were certainly when we would all get together on on boat trips. You referenced the spray movie, man. That was one of the first times I had just gotten a board sponsorship from Neptune Wakeboards and you know, was there with Greg Nelson, was with Billy McCaffrey, was with Scott Byerly, Eric Schmaltz. And it was just this radical way of getting together and sharing the excitement for how we were all different and how we all loved the sport in different ways and pushing one another to ride harder, to go bigger, to try new things, to get outside of our comfort zone. For the sake of right, making the making the sport better, making it more fun, and showing off all our individuality through a sport that we all love, is the sport on par on uh, where you thought it would be today? Dude, I think it has has exceeded my wildest expectations of what people are doing and the maneuvers, and the vibe is really really cool. The technology from boards. To to all the all of the things that people are doing. I mean, we, everybody ups the ante every year, and it's so cool to see these young guys and girls coming up and and just you know riding and outdoing each other and pushing the level of riding along with the technology. Right? If it weren't for the you know if it weren't for Nautiques, if it weren't for Malibu and and all the big, you know Mastercraft, Centurion, and all these guys pushing these envelopes and pushing the sport. I, you know, It would be, it would be stuck you know, back in the day, but I think through the athletes and the passion, and, and once again, it gets down to the love of what we're all doing and the excitement and the stoke, it's pushed it beyond anything I ever thought. So I'm stoked to see where it is in another 10 years, another 15 years. It's amazing.
0: I know one of the plans for Wakeboarding Hall of Fame is to eventually have a brick and mortar a place to um, spotlight, you know, uh, um, like artifacts and all the history of the sport. So if anybody listening wants to get more involved, donate or I don't even know what you can do. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Oh,
3: absolutely. We are our, our goals and our vision. I mean, the vision and the mission of the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame is to preserve and honor all of the athletes in the industry that has supported this and made it what it is today and what it will be in the future. So if people want to donate, they can go. It's tax deductible. We're a 501c3 registered uh, charitable uh, company with the IRS. You can go donate through PayPal on our website at wakeboardinghalloffame.com. Um, And we're also, we're always looking for artifacts, things that, that people have from back in the day, boards. You know, a lot of the pro riders are donating their boards and we have some storage facilities now that have been donated to us through other folks that are excited about what we're doing. And we're gonna put them there, and we're gonna start kind of a, a trust fund to start saving up for a brick and mortar site, so that we'll have, you know, one day I would imagine in this area of Florida, because so much of it happened down in this area, and so much was chronicled from, from Orlando, that people can come and they can relive and see where it went, and flip through the pages, and digitally really go back and dig down if they've got a favorite athlete or athletes or company or manufacturer and see why it is, how awesome it is now. So we're, we're just excited and appreciate anybody's support from a dollar to a million, right? We're, we're stoked and are using it for, we're all volunteers on the board. Nobody's taking money for, for anything but to produce content, to honor and preserve what's happened all the way up to today. And then this stuff will be in 2017 when it is historical, it's gonna be honored and chronicled in there as well.
0: Mike, thanks a bunch, man. Dano, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. All right, before we get this thing started, I'd like to honor all of the current members by telling you guys who they all are. You guys can get loud, do whatever you want to do, make some noise for all these past inductees from 2015. The man himself, Herbo Brian, Jimmy Redman, Tony Finn, Tom King, Eric Perez, and Andrea Catan and last year's inductees, Lance Brook, Dana Preble, Darren Shapiro, Eric Gator Luker, Sean Murray, the House of Style, Mike Ferraro, Clean Laval, Lavelle, and El Presidente of the WWA, the one and only Mr. Shannon Starling. Please give it up for all the current members, everybody. All right, and now, our first Hall of Famer has always exemplified the embodiment of a quiet leader. Having already established himself as a legendary freerider by 1993, he shocked the 1994 World Championships with his innovative twin tip board, capturing the pro men's crown and bolstering his status as the best wakeboarder on the planet. Yet his career was virtually never about competitive accolades, but rather about evolving and progressing the sport. He made difficult moves look sublimely easy and did so with style and flair still unmatched to this day. While not fully abandoning his wakeboard, his passion for riding saw him commit to pushing the envelope of wake skating, trading in his bindings for his iconic wake skate shoes. He quickly rose to the ranks and became one of the sport's earliest pioneers innovating new moves using everything imaginable from a boat's wake to that of a jet ski mastering technical maneuvers, wake-to-wake airs, and building rails of evolutionary design. The nickname, The Godfather, serves this legendary wakeboarder well. As exemplified by his own brand of wakeboards and wake skates. in fact, he's the only rider to have a company bearing his name. Further proof? that this year's Wakeboarding Hall of Fame inductee is widely considered the most respected rider of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for our first 2017 Wakeboarding Hall of Fame inductee, the legendary godfather of all things wake, this is Scott Barley! Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Scott Byerly. All right, guys. Well, I'm sitting here inside of the Alliance booth. Wakeboarding Hall of Fame induction ceremony is just finished. and I am kicking it with the legendary godfather of all things wake, the one and only Scotty B. Scott Byerly. What's up, man? Good. Wondering why I'm not talking into a golden mic. The golden mic is just for live events. This is the studio mic.
2: Okay. It'll It'll work.
0: How does it feel to finally be inducted into the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? What does it mean to you?
2: Um, it's good you know it, it, I get you need a place where uh, the history people can go and see where it all came from so um it's good man it's came a long way since me riding with my parents' boat back when I was a teenager you know I owe it a lot to them to where I'm at now you know if it wasn't for my dad and my mom getting me behind a boat back then I who knows where I'd be right now so um, I owe a lot to it to, to them for sure and my family you know my wife and my kids and it's been a long it's been like 25 years since I've been in the industry so it's been a long time Scott how's how has the sport changed since you started? Well it changed a lot you know um, there's so many avenues to ride now it's not just straight behind a boat you know you can go winching or ride the cable or a system or however you want to ride you know it's there's it's more than just a behind a wake now so it's crazy just to see the equipment you know is a lot better the the boats are bigger the parks are a lot more obstacles in the cable park now and it's just it's crazy to see it's it's huge it's worldwide you know it's. There's everywhere you go, you can wake word.
0: Who are some of the boys uh, uh, that you're like uh, stoked to watch these days?
2: Oh, there's so many of them. Uh, you know, Aaron Rathy, still one of my top guys I like to watch. Um, Brenton Priestley. You know, at a boat contest, you know, Harley Clifford and Dowdy, those guys are crazy. You know how consistent and the tricks that they're doing behind the boat. They're fun to watch. Um, there's all kinds of guys, man. Like, There's so many different styles of riding right now. Any boards or any products that you guys have out this year you're uh, super pumped about? Yeah, the Slayer is a really good park board, the Brenton Priestley Slayer board, and uh, that's, a, that's the board I ride, so it's super rad. It looks good for this year.
0: Scott, I want to thank you a ton, brother. Appreciate it, and congratulations, man.
2: Thanks, Dano, appreciate it, man.
0: All right, everybody. We're going to move on to our next inductee. Our next inductee exemplifies the word perseverance. He's competed in the first and second worlds in Hawaii. After three years of solid competing, he felt the scene didn't lend enough towards style or creativity. This led him to choose to make his impact through free riding, grassroots and video efforts never seeking out photo shoots or magazine exposure he was constantly published in 1992 he was featured in one of the earliest snowboarding videos he was an innovator of rap maneuvers with grabs he was also a pioneer of rails obstacles and anything else he could conceive to build a jib from helping bridge the gap and legitimize the other board sport disciplines respect towards the young sport of wakeboarding a champion for style his roots showed how to surf, skate, or snowboard background could and would later help define the sport of wake. At his peak, he suffered a broken neck in a car accident, effectively stripping him of his ability to ride. His love for the sport emboldened him to bring about his own wakeboard brand, forged in true do-it-yourself mentality. Using thoughtful, focused, in deliberate advertising as a soapbox to inspire creativity over competition, he built and rode bindingless boards and attempted kickflips, a vision that a decade later helped usher in wake skating. Additionally, he produced and edited influential and notable wakeboard and wakeskate films. His love and passion for our sport has kept this Pioneer actively participating from behind the scenes to help wakeboarding evolve since 1986. Please welcome Wakeboarding Pioneer extreme, straight from the movie Spray. His name is spelled E-R-I-C-H-S-C-H-M-A-L-T-Z. Give it up, ladies and gentlemen, for Eric Schmaltz. Ladies and gentlemen, he's definitely watching through Facebook Live right now. Keep it going for Eric Schmaltz. All right, guys, I'm going to cut in right there. Unfortunately, Eric Schmaltz was not on hand to accept his award this year. Uh, Of course, he uh, couldn't make it in. A lot of people, their flights were canceled because of the hurricane. Uh, anyways, I know he's stoked to be a huge part of this thing, and uh, man, Bill McCaffrey will talk about him a little bit later on in uh, in his portion here, but it was so cool, you know, getting to induct Schmaltz. You know, he's so respected by so many of the pioneers. He did so much for the sport back in the old days. I remember him all the way. It must have been around 94, 95, sitting with Eric Ruck watching Spray. It, it was cool and uh, very, very well-deserved, so congratulations again to Eric Schmaltz. Now. Before we get back to the show, I did want to give SeaDeck a little podcast love. Get your boat looking brand new this winter with some SeaDeck Marine products, custom SeaDeck non-skid traction on your boat, in your boat, SeaDeck your dock, or anywhere normally prone to slippery surfaces, even paddleboards and wake surfers. SeaDeck has a growing network of certified fabricators and installers covering the USA, Canada, Europe, and the South Pacific, it's now easier than ever to have a CDEC professional take your project from start to finish. Go to CDEC.com, hit the custom button on the website, and look for the interactive map to locate a CDEC certified fabricator or installer in your area to schedule an appointment today. Again, that's CDEC.com. All right, folks, now let's get back to the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame show with our next inductee, Sonia Scheffler-Weineker. All right, now on to our next inductee. Our next inductee has been one of the most dynamic ambassadors the sport of wakeboarding has ever known. As a competitor, she earned her reputation as one of the best of her era, winning a pro wakeboard tour stop in 1995 and earning a second place finish at the World Championships in 1996, among so many other accolades. She was also one of the great behind-the-scenes champions for women's wakeboarding, constantly fighting for more event stops and more prize money for women riders. She was sanctioned professional judge and she also represented wakeboarding on the Athletes Advisory Council for the X Games. But it was outside the competitive realm where she had the greatest impact. While pursuing her competitive career, she was also busy offering instruction. She trained privately at her home in Orlando, Florida, but also tirelessly traversed North America, hosting clinics and other group instructions for more than a decade. Her interest in growing the sport took her outside the country as well, where she offered great insight on wakeboarding and event organization in more than 40 countries, seven of which she is credited with introducing the sport for the first time. Her endless energy and enthusiasm has left a lasting impression all over the globe. Please welcome 2017's first female inductee to the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. Sonia scheffler Weineker. Alright, so Sonia scheffler Weineker, one of the legends, probably the, probably right up there in the first two or three ladies I ever remember seeing on a wakeboard. Congratulations, how does it feel uh, being inducted in the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame?
4: Uh, it feels so special to be honored for something you did just because you loved it for so long. And, um, you know, we did it when uh, there was no pay, there was no money to be made. Um, and uh, there, the equipment was quite, actually quite terrible, uh, you know, but just to watch the progression of the sport and, um, you know, to watch how big wakeboarding has become worldwide, just such, um, just so very honored to be to have had the opportunity to be in a place to help the sport grow like we did.
0: You broke into the scene, and you were a kneeboarder before you were a wakeboarder, but how serious of a kneeboarder were you?
4: I actually placed third in the world on the kneeboard and uh, won a national championship, and uh, you know, to run like Florida state titles and state titles and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, that's back when kneeboarding and skiboarding were um, it was called the uh, the ESPN kneeboard ski board tour. Wakeboarding was not a sport yet, it was not called wakeboarding yet, so that's how old school I am.
0: <laughs> and, and who do we have over here?
4: Zoe. I have my daughter Zozo. Can you say
0: hi? What's up, Zoe? Hi. And and how many times have you wakeboarded, girl?
1: Um I have wakeboarded a few times. No, I was a baby, I was actually better when I was a baby than I was now. I don't really know. But I think I'm better
4: knee boarding than wakeboarding.
0: Are you gonna follow in your mom's footsteps and become a pro wakeboarder one day?
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so Sony obviously uh, she's got you used to do a lot of like the T V personality work and it seems to have rubbed off a little bit.
4: Yeah, I've got two, uh, I think these, my two kids think they, they're professional YouTubers is what I think they think they are. And, uh, yeah, I've, I had a lot, of, a lot of fun being able to do, uh, you know, hosting different shows from ESPN to Fox Sports Network and uh, the WOW Tour, um, another TV show called Curves. And so, you know, that was just a whole other aspect of the sport that I was able to do. And, um, and I did enjoy it along with, you know, announcing tournaments and stuff like that, which obviously, Dano, you know a lot about that. Um, and it's not as easy as it looks to entertain a crowd and talk to people and keep them entertained and um, and keep all the riders happy at the same time. So Dano, you do a great job with doing that.
0: Sonny, what are like what are some of the things that you miss from the original days of wakeboarding that maybe have gone away now?
4: You know, I what I really miss is the uh, the The relationships you have with people, like when you live with a set of riders and you guys all ride every single day and then you have a whole group, like wakeboarding is a community. You cannot wakeboard alone. You know, you can go out and you can can golf alone and you can go shoot basketball by yourself, but you can't wakeboard by yourself. So you always have this community of people that are encouraging you. We're all helping each other. Like I remember being in the boat and people were never... Jealous that someone learned a new trick everyone is pumped and then when someone does something really big and sticks it clean Everyone's like wow, you know, no one's like oh my gosh, you know, like, you know in a jealous manner Everyone's like oh my gosh, you just pushed it to the next level like look what's possible. This is so amazing And uh, I remember being in the boat watching uh, when you're in the beginning of a sport New, new tricks are learned every day. You know what I mean? Someone do a trick. Oh, what do you think we should call that? Oh, let's call that a, a hoochie glide. Oh, yeah, hoochie glide. That's so funny. What does that mean? I don't know. Let's call it that, though, you know?
0: Sonny, you've been around for a long time, and I'm sure you've got stories forever, and I'd love to have you do a full episode with me. I want to say congratulations uh, for this year's Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. You definitely earned it, girl.
4: Oh, thank you, Dano, and I love you. I appreciate what you're doing for the sport, and uh, there's just so many amazing people that have contributed to my career. And uh, I just, I'm so thankful to each and every one. And I obviously can't mention them all, but uh, there's so many people that have helped me. No one is ever inducted into something like this without the help of so many people. So I am so blessed, so thankful, and uh, I just appreciate it so much. And thank you for interviewing me again.
0: Thanks, Ronnie. See ya. Congratulations, guys. Get loud one more time. Keep it going for Sonia Scheffler Sonya! All right, our next honoree took professional wakeboarding by storm in 1997 and never looked back. Having been discovered by wakeboarding phenom and current Hall of Fame member Darren Shapiro, she trained from the very beginning of her career to ride like a guy. And she did exactly that. She brought a power brand of riding to the women's rank that was without equal and unparalleled, allowing her to dominate the field for a number of years. Within six months of uh, first touching a wakeboard, she won her first professional women's world wakeboard championship and over her career she added three more world championships six pro tour championships five x games medals including two golds and was also the two-time two-time national champion making her one of the sports most winningest women's women's riders of all time her popularity swelled and she even had her image on a slurpee cup promoting the x games one of only five action sports athletes to be bestowed such an honor. She advanced women's professional wakeboarding more quickly than any other athlete preceding her. Please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2017 Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, one of the sport's most influential riders. Give it up for Tara Hamilton Wynn! Unfortunately, Tara couldn't make it, guys. She did call in and give a little bit of a speech over the microphone through a smartphone, but uh, it was hard to capture that audio. Nonetheless, congrats to her and a guy who's been around and supporting riders just like Tara Hamilton Wynn and the other biggest names in the sport since 1989, Bill Porter and the career Performance Ski and Surf, have been the first stop in Orlando for wakeboarders and water skiers looking to gear up while shredding the legendary waters of Central Florida, Performance has all the top brands like Ronix, Slingshot, O'Brien, and more. Plus, the staff is knowledgeable because they're toad water sports enthusiasts themselves. You guys can see it all online at Perfski.com or just stop by next time you're in Orlando. Performance Ski and Surf is just minutes away from the Orlando airport and only a mile from OWC and Freedom Wake Park. So stop by, tell them I sent you, ask about the Dano deal of the day, and who knows, maybe you'll even run into one of your favorite pros who frequent Perf Ski for the awesome deals all the time. Now let's get back to the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, our final two 2017 inductees, Bill McCaffrey and Pat Miccolini Get loud and get proud. Continue clapping those hands for Tara Hamilton Win. When... Up next, guys, we're going to move on to the category of Lifetime Achievement. The next Hall of Famer's career started out as a passionate wakeboarder growing up outside of Seattle, Washington on the popular Lake Sammamish. Together with a crew of stylish riders, he and the Sammamish clan began to push Seattle style, perpetuating the snowboard style the Northwest and influencing the way the sport was viewed around the globe. He became a sponsored pro for a popular brand, and then he was slated to manage the pro team, and eventually he was responsible for the brand's marketing and board designs. With his own vision for wakeboard designs, he helped create one of the first twin tip wakeboards, which was released in fall of 1993. He was also establishing himself as a cultural watchdog and a champion of the proper way to ride. After a short stint as the West Coast editor of another wakeboarding magazine, he grabbed the reins of a new Southern California wakeboarding magazine. As a dot-com funded venture, it failed, but laid the foundation for the immediate launch of his own media venture in October of 2000. Today, His wake sports domain is the leader in current wakeboarding moves and lifestyle. He expanded the business into a multimedia venture where in addition to regular magazines, he produces high quality videos and television programming. In 2005, through a partnership with Fuel TV, he launched the sports first wakeboarding television show, Pull. He's also responsible for bringing wakeboarding back to the X Games in 2015 with the advent of Real Wake, a video edit competition in partnership with ESPN and the X Games. This inductee has been one of the staunchest, most influential and longtime supporters the sport of wakeboarding has ever known. Please welcome to the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame (laughs) Lifetime Achievement inductee, the one and only, Billy McCaffrey! here with the founder, the owner, the man behind Alliance Wake Magazine, and he is now in a lifetime achievement award winner of the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. Bill McCaffrey, what's up, Billy?
1: Hey, Dana, how are you? Thanks for uh, talking to me today.
0: Bill, I knew that you were you had a huge hand in getting wakeboarding back in the X Games, but, um, I mean, I didn't realize that you were pretty much the man behind it all. Like, what what did it take to, to get X Games uh, to get wakeboarding back in at all and Real Wake in general. I mean, this is the third year for Real Wake.
1: Yeah, so um, I guess it would have been 2013. I went to X Games in Austin um, and met with the guys from ESPN. They had started the Real series, and as soon as they started that series, you know, video-oriented contest, you know, it was super apparent to me that that was... The way that wakeboarding could be, now participate again in the Olympics or <laughs> Olympics, excuse me, in X Games. The problem in the past was that it's really hard to have you know the right skate, BMX, you know, motocross venue and have a lake right there. So this seemed like the perfect way to do it. So I went and kind of put a proposal together. I told them we'd we'd figure out how to get it funded and do it all, and uh, they were super receptive and. Uh, fortunately mastercraft did a great job they wanted to be a part of it as well so they helped underwrite it and we were able to put real wake together which launched in 2015
0: yeah obviously the wakeboard community loves real wake but outside the wakeboard community what has real wake done for the sport
1: oh you know the the thing about real wake is that it's i mean a it's a video competition so anyone in the world can see the content b it's on xgames.com which has you know more viewers than most of our all, all of our industry combined um, and their social media is, they're into it. They love it. They really, really like the property, so they're pushing it out on their social media form. In fact, they're here at Surfaxville, and they'll be here for the release today, pushing it out on their social media platform. So, I mean, they're, they are really behind it, and they're um, you know a really great partner to have, both for, uh, for Alliance, but also for the sport as a whole.
0: I want to talk about you, the man, one of the legends, one of the pioneers. I remember watching you in in the first wakeboard video I ever saw back in 1995. So you've been a name in my mind for for a long, long time. But to be honored here with the Lifetime Achievement Award, what does that mean to you?
1: You know, to be to be honored and recognized by the by your community is always insane. You know, to do that, to be here. Be recognized while scott and eric are being recognized like that to me was like really really special to me those guys i know we remember going on the first trip for spray to lake powell in 1993 that um, was so it was so great times and you know we have you know we've been do, i mean this is this is what i do i love the sport i love the people i love the community and uh you know when i was wakeboarding, in the early days, in the early 90s, I was like, man, if I can, like, pay for my truck with this, I'll call this, this venture a success, and, you know, some 25 years later, I'm still here, we got a media brand, you know, we do production for X Games, and uh, we got a you know industry-leading publication and website and video content and a great team, so, yeah, pretty freaking happy to be part of the industry and be recognized for it.
0: Any, anybody you were really excited to see up there on the stage
1: today? You know, like I said, you know, Scott, deservedly so, you know, is probably athletically the biggest icon in our sport. Um, He, you know, deserves it beyond anyone. Eric Schmaltz as well, like, uh, to be up there with those two guys. Eric, like, Eric was the first free thinker. Eric was the first free rider. Eric was the first guy who, even though wakeboarding grew out of water skiing and, you know, ski boarding and all this other stuff, he saw it differently from day one. And that... That influence, it, I, to my, in my opinion, it's in his, Eric influenced everyone, including Scott, including me, um, anyone that has ridden away for because just downstream influence has been massive. So, and you know, I don't think he's ever gotten a lot of credit for the really sort of special way he approached the sport.
0: Hey, before I let you get out of here, can I get like one really awesome early, early Lake Sammamish memory from your uh, beginnings?
1: Oh man, I mean, Lake Sammamish was a really special place, you know, in the, I mean, literally 92, 93, 94, like those days when, I mean, just if you could do a back roll, you were a pro, was kind of like how early those days were. But, you know, like, you know, meeting Greg Nelson, just happenstance, like, I met Greg out on the lake, and Greg was was doing 360s, and I hadn't seen anyone do a 360 on a on a, it was more like scurfer style board at the time and I had a scurfer and I was like land, doing back rolls and we both were like what the hell how'd you do that and I'm like how'd you do that and then it you know turned out he grew up on the lake I grew up on the lake just different parts parts of the of the lake and you know from there like we ended up living together a year later and like really sort of helping cultivate what you know what the northwest influence and what the northwest deal was so I mean and there's there was some older guys ahead of us but you know Nelson, I, I would say, was was sort of iconic there. And meeting him, and us both of us being like, "Holy crap, you're doing that!" And he's saying, "Holy crap, you're doing that!" And being able to like kind of feed off each other, that was a that's pretty fun to look back. And Lake Sammamish was so cool and so fun back in the day.
0: Awesome. Hey, Bill, I want to thank you a ton. Before I let you get out of here fully, though, um, just tell everybody where they can find like all of your media.
1: Yeah, I mean, our you know the easiest place to start is alliancewake.com or at alliancewake in any social platform. Um, you know, we push out regular photo and video content. The website, you know, is sort of the centering point for everything. But Alliance Wake Magazine, uh, you can find it at your local retailer, and you know, we just try to try to show the world what you know what the what's going on at the epicenter of the sport.
0: Bill McCaffrey, man, congratulations and thank you. This is going to be our final. Wakeboarding Hall of Fame honoree for the morning. This year's final inductee is one of the true pioneers in the sport of wakeboarding. His involvement dates back to the very beginning of the sport's origin and has been influential at virtually every level. He was a member of the Dirty Dozen a seminal group of early wakeboarding enthusiasts who saw the sport's potential and took steps to organize both competitions and a governing body for wakeboarding. He participated in the very first World Wakeboarding Championships held in Kauai, Hawaii in 1991. He was also influential in the formation of the WWA, the World Wake Association, still the sports governing body today his competitive career spanned more than two decades and along the way he won three masters world championships and five national titles as well during the mid 90s he was a dual pro threat riding on the pro wakeboard tour while also serving as a design manager for a popular wakeboard brand All the while, he has operated the longest-running wakeboard-specific instructional school in the entire world, dating all the way back to 1991, and is still serving hundreds of domestic and international students each and every year. His influence has been both massive and monumental to the sport. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our final 2017 inductee, in the Lifetime Achievement category, this is Pat Micolini! Lifetime Achievement Award winner, Pat Micolini. Congratulations to you. Welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast. Man, how does it feel? Man, it feels good. It's unbelievable, but it feels pretty damn good. Can you tell everybody who listens to this podcast, maybe who are maybe more familiar with the new school of wakeboarding, who you are and when you kind of got involved into the sport yeah
5: um i got involved back in like 90 and um i got involved with a friend of mine lance brew who was already into it and immediately we went up to colorado and started getting um associated with tommy and his contests and um riding up there in the four or five contests he put on and um Basically, that's where I got into it. That's how I started. That was even before the tour or the association or anything was started. So we were just pretty much backyarding it on a bootleg contest, having fun, and not really even knowing what we were getting ready to start.
0: What were like some of your early visions of the sport of wakeboarding? Like what what in your mind did you want to do with the sport? I mean, did you have expectations for the sport? Did you have expectations for yourself? What I
5: th- what I saw with the sport, and I had grown up on a lake, and I had been on skis before, and I never did anything competitive. And when whiteboarding came along, that's what I always wanted to do. And I mean, I saw that the feeling you got when you got on that board was way different than you got a feeling about anything else behind a boat. And it was unstructured, and it was live, and it was real. And I mean, and just immediately, I could tell that 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 feeling was gonna grow. That's, it was the feeling, it wasn't the board, it wasn't the boat, it was the feeling you had when you got on that thing, that was what it was.
0: Now, one thing I don't think you get enough credit for in the sport, and I just don't think people really know how much um, you've had behind some of the designs and some of the, um, some of the boards and some of the products that have come out over the years. Um, how did you get involved in like board design? Huh. Well, thanks for asking that.
5: Um, You know, that's kind of strange. When I first started, I was riding a board um, made out of Hawaii and it was a glass board and they didn't hold up. So you row today and you repair today and you row today and you repair today. Well, it wasn't hard to repair these boards. I'd always worked my hands. I built everything out of wood all my life. So I was repairing the boards and it didn't take very long before I could understand that um, there was other shapes and different things you could make and all of a sudden I got with O'Brien and they were the ones that said, you can go ahead and see what you can do with some of this product. In fact, they would ship me product to my house in Texas, foam and glass and resin, and let me do whatever I wanted to do. And then I had to hand carry that board into Seattle to the factory and show them that I was doing something. And, um, you know, we got to ride those boards on the water and test them before we ever took them to O'Brien. And we knew they worked and by the time we got them over there, they were ready to make that board and they accepted that board. The boards have gone in all different directions, but you know, there's still certain things that every board I feel can have that'll make that board easier to ride or harder to ride. And to me, the key is letting the board be the easiest thing you can ride so you can just get out there and shred.
0: Uh, Is there any shape in general or any board that you're most proud of? Um, you know there there are a couple
5: shapes I really really like that I think work work better than some of the others A couple of those shapes were made and they are out there and they were out there as O'Brien boards I've got a couple of boards that I had made that nobody ever bought nobody I never sold them to anybody and I think that I think they're incredible boards and yeah I probably have, over a dozen boards that have not been sold, and you know what, we could go ride those, Dano, we could go ride those boards right now today. Even if I made them eight or nine years ago, they're right there and we could go ride them today, and they could be made today. I mean, if people were still really into them making the wakeboards, they could make these things right now, and they would rip. So, what are your thoughts on, like, the technology of the boards today? You know, I think the technology is, you know, I think it's come a long ways. I think it's there. I think the boards last like they're supposed to last. I don't, I don't break that many boards anymore. I think that they figured out how to make them slide on surfaces without tearing them up. Um, there are always gonna be something new coming out, some new technology people are gonna wanna try, and if you don't try it, you're never gonna know, so you're gonna have to go that route, but um, I think that the technology of the boards and the bindings have come so far from where I was that it's hard for me to say that that stuff needs to be better or it's not good. You know what I'm
0: saying? Absolutely. Uh, Pat, let me ask you, are there any riders like these days that you're following or that you like the style of of what they're doing out there on the water? Anybody that kind of gets you amped up to watch these days? Oh, man, there's
5: unbelievable riders out there. What they're doing today is just, it just makes me dream of being on a wakeboard at that age. Um, I will have to say that probably the most influential rider that I've seen in the last five or six years has been Tom Fouche. And that's because that kid came off of a cable park where he learned to ride different and then got behind a boat. And he was the first one that I saw take cable riding and do that kind of stuff behind the boat. Now these boats are huge and now you got a you know half a dozen guys out there that are just killing it. But It is different. There's a lot more hang time and cable and now they got that hang time behind these boats. That rope's not near as tight as when we were riding it and it's not yanking you out of the sky near as fast. And so it's just it's amazing to watch what
0: these guys are doing now. Jealous? Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm jealous. Pat I wanna say congratulations to you and thanks a ton for doing this with me. Right on, thank you, man. You're awesome and we appreciate it. Congratulations again to Pat McLean, what a legend, Lifetime Achievement Award winner. All right, everybody, once again, want to congratulate all of this year's class and inductees, Scott Byerly, Eric Schmaltz, Sonia Scheffler-Weineker, Terry Hamilton-Wynn, Bill McCaffrey, and Pat McLean. Give it up for the whole entire career right there. I'm the Noise of the North, I'm Daniel Lomano. Until tonight, you guys have a good one. Peace. GoPuck, the leader in wearable power. GoPuck is the ultimate personal power solution to charge all USB-powered devices. Designed for those with an active lifestyle, you're able to clip, strap, or mount the power wherever you need, giving you the ability to easily rapid-charge your devices multiple times hands-free. Three size options are available online at gopuck.com, and you can use promo code MANO30 at checkout for 30% off. Again, that's MANO30, zero at gopuck.com. Woodrow's is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrow's handcrafted, wooden, and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO30 at Woodrow's.com for 30%. Set off everything. That's W O O D R O Z E dot
1: The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products.
0: All right, well, that was awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to that, and uh, thanks, of course, to President Mike Weddington, all the inductees. Scott Firely, and Sonia Scheffler, and Bill McCaffrey, and Pat McLeany for their interviews. Unfortunately, didn't get to chat with uh, Hamilton Wynn or Eric Schmaltz, but two people who I'd love to catch up with on this podcast anytime I could. All right, everybody, so here are some upcoming events for me, Dano the Mano. Uh, October 14th, I'll be in Mesa, Arizona for the Ski Pro Snowboard Rail Jam. These guys, they build a, a... a mountain, out of scaffolding, in the middle of the desert, basically. They cover it with snow. And they put a couple of features going down it. I'm going to talk about what's going on. It's going to be fun. I hope you guys can make it out there. Then I've got uh, a week or two off. And then I'll be back down in Orlando, Florida. we got some stuff going on over there with the Nautique dealer meeting. That's early November. Then I'm hoping to be going to Acapulco, Mexico. Mid-November for a Mexican wakeboard contest out there. And then Slider Spectacular. Happening in Orlando the weekend before Thanksgiving. So I'll keep you guys all posted up on that. Now, if any of y'all are interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work, appear at your next event. Maybe you want to advertise on the Golden Mike podcast. Maybe you want me to record a voicemail message for you. Anything. You guys have a question in general, email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook through email or messenger is also the best way for you guys to buy the official Golden Mike Podcast hat. And I've got stickers I'll hook you guys up with. Just reach out, let me know. If you support me, I will support you. Another way you guys can support is to find and subscribe to the Golden Mike Podcast on iTunes. If you're not already doing so, please rate, review the podcast. The Golden Mike Podcast archives are also going to be available on SoundCloud, so be sure to find us there. You can subscribe on SoundCloud as well. Get notifications when the new episodes release. Follow me on Twitter at the Dano T mano and at the Golden underscore Mike on Instagram at DanoT And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. Thanks again to the entire crew out there, the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. Fame and all of the inductees and now thank you to all the folks and sponsors behind the scenes thank you to SeaDeck marine products boulder boats woodrow sustainable optics performance ski and surf go puck malibu boats c4 belts rockstar energy lead wake cwb board company ronix o'brien slingshot wakeboards jenna caruth on the web and rich walsh on the audio that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.